anecdotes for success. Level up with truth, meaning, trade-offs, perspective. Well, uh, Paul, we've uh, we got stood up on our um, our. Uh, with our with our guests, there's obviously some miscommunication. No problem. We'll we'll get her back. We won't get into it now. But it was a, a, um, a exciting one. I'm I'm looking forward to talking to it. So we'll do that in the future. But so here we are sitting around chit chatting and and and, and uh, while we we decided when we were going to do our next Zoom and we got into an in interesting conversation and and this is so we decided to uh, start rec recording it. Um, so yeah, I, I was, I was just to catch everyone up because we weren't recording before I was mentioning to Paul how I'm on a call tomorrow with the New York state. It's a, the, um, I want to get this right. So let me try to read it again here. Um, New York state higher education and business community meeting. And it's to talk about, um, how students are performing or I'm sorry, graduates, I believe is what it is, are performing in the workplace uh, as far as the business community members are concerned, as a business community member, I, I, I wanted to participate and uh, I have certainly my opinions on that. I want I, I think it's appropriate to let let people know if they want to know my opinion. So you know we started talking about that and, and uh, I was I was griping a little bit about the fact that it's so hard to get people engaged and and there's an there's a level of entitlement I, I won't I won't I won't sugarcoat it that I see that I just didn't see even three four years ago and um, then you start talking about um, some of your students and the, the the addiction to the phones and and uh, how you said you don't even think you how we said how hard it is you don't think you have a healthy relationship necessarily with your phone and neither do I. And that's when we decided we should be talking about this. This is uh, interesting stuff. So here we are. So um, you'd said that. So, yeah, I mean, what, what, what goes on? Such a catch-22. I mean, I, I use my phone for everything, but it extends my workday. It extends my, uh, for lack of a better word, addiction to the apps and to looking uh, for comments to things I post or information that I feel I'm getting out to other people and information I want to collect and read and inform myself about. But, you know, maybe we should take some time and think about like the five best ways to make a phone a healthier habit to have. I mean, and that's when we press record because I said, maybe I should take a day where I don't even use it. And then I'm like, oh, but I might miss something. Well, no, I won't. Do you do anything like that? You, no, I don't because you're kind of covering it there. Isn't it like the ultimate trade-off? It's like, uh, at least for, in my world, I'll speak to my world. So several times in my life, I've had people say to me, usually older people, people don't use them. And, and, and I think they've got, um, they're, they're lucky in a lot of ways that they don't. I've heard this, oh, you know, put that thing down or, you know, you guys are always on it and, and, and there's so much tr truth to that. But my retort has always been, but you got to understand, I got way more going on than I could have without it. And I can be anywhere in the world and still do what I need to do on, on an average day, as long as I have that thing. So it's also, I also make the argument to people, you know, who talk about how expensive, a, a, let's call it an iPhone or whatever you carry. They're a thousand bucks or more, of course. 
And I'm like, they're really not expensive at all considering what they allow you to do. But man, they're a chain, right? They're, they're, they're a chain hooked to you. So it's a, it's a perfect example of a trade-off. I love it because I can do so much. As we were talking, I'm leaving here uh, again uh, to travel uh, to Europe. And if I didn't have that thing, there's no way I could do it, do it how I want to. But at the same time, how much time am I going to have sucked up? How much engagement am I going to lose on my trip because I have that thing? Yeah, I mean, th there's definitely a trade-off with time. There, there's a trade-off with costs. Uh, I just was showing my kids because 30 years ago, roughly, give or take years, when I graduated high school. So I'm like, when I was your age, we made 375 an hour. And then I put it in an inflation calculator and it comes to like $8.20 today. No. So technically, my minimum wage would be the same as somebody getting paid $8.20 today. But people are getting paid 13 plus in New York State and say they can't make ends meet. So I asked the kids, you're getting paid five more dollars an hour than I did. And I thought, and nobody thinks you have enough money on minimum wage, but I made it work. How come you get that much more money and can't make it work? And they hemmed and hawed and went back and forth for a couple minutes. And then they realized it's technology costs a lot of money too. Think yeah, of the family I, phone bills. Think I, of the I, internet I, phone bills, the laptops, the the, the iPads. Yeah. yeah so I, I, that's the other trade-off. It is. I, and, and it's interesting because I, I find that fascinating. I hadn't run those numbers. I think minimum wage, my first job was like four bucks or something. So very similar yeah. to yours. Lucky I, you. You, I, you could well, eat a Burger King every day. Jeez. <laughs> I, I, uh, I find that fascinating that it's that in this state, they're making so much more than what we would have been. And you're right. And, and people still have trouble. But people, look, it, Paul, it comes back to the same thing we always talk about. It comes down to discipline and financial knowledge and what you do with your money. And, and you can give everybody as much money as you want. At the end of the day, if you don't have the discipline, if you don't have the financial knowledge, I can give you as much money as you want. It's, you're going to spend it. You're just going to spend it. You're never going to have enough if you don't have the right knowledge. And um, it, it's a perfect example of that. But I also have read a lot in, in many different books that, or heard it in podcasts or whatever. The average, the average amount that you spend on, the average family in the United States would spend on housing, uh, uh, consumer goods um, like automobiles, I believe was in there. Um, I'm probably wrong on some of these things, but a lot of our necessities, okay? A lot of things we need, groceries, et cetera, et cetera, they're cheaper than they were 30 years ago, 50 years ago. So not only are you making more than we were in our minimum wage days, but we also are getting more for our dollar, for our housing, for our for our groceries, for our, for our fuel, believe it or not, although I'm not sure what it looks like now. The point I'm making is it's still coming back to you keep giving people money. You can give people as much money as you want. What do they choose to do with it? Where's their financial knowledge? And um, if you decide that every penny you get, you're going to spend on the new, latest, greatest technology, of course you're broke. And you're going to use that technology to buy even more on Amazon, right? Yeah, yeah. Which which brings us back to a previous conversation we've had, or I think we've had. I know I've had it with other people. Is 
you know, this idea of stimulus checks and, 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 you know, um, throughout COVID was a great, great example of, of, um, you know, more money out in the marketplace, right? The United States government and, and many, many, many governments around the world just were printing money, we were printing money, right? And just shoveling it out to the marketplace. Hey, you can't work, here's money to survive on. And look, there, there's there's reasons behind that. And I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing it completely. There's a trade-off for it, right? There's a consequence for it. But where where did all that money end up going, right? We know where it ended up going. Jeff Bezos, right? Into the, it went to Amazon. It, it went to people who sell and provide value. That's where it always goes. It always goes to the people who provide value. Money rises to the top. It's going to go. I mean, what percentage of people said, hey, look, I'm in decent shape. I got, I got a little extra here and a little extra there during this. And um, you know what? I'm going to tuck that away for a rainy day. I'm going to put that into an investment fund. I'm going to... I'm going to um, pay down debt. I'm going to do, you know, any number of things. I'm going to invest it. Um, I'm going to use my free time to invest into starting a new business, having a side hustle, whatever it might be. Um, there were some people who did that, and I bet the percentage were percentages were frighteningly low. What people did is they spent it, and it went to the same people that I, they're always banging on, the billionaires, the Walmarts, the Amazons, the same people I hear people complain about. Mm -hmm. the, the clients that I get to come to me now for the financial business, they might get a windfall. Yeah, they might buy a little treat with it, but a lot of times they're just like, you know what? This was a windfall my way, sold some asset, an inheritance, and I'm just going to put it in here, and what would my return be in 15 years? So it's like the ultimate way to grow more money instead of saying, oh, I'm going to buy this boat or I'm going to take this trip to Hawaii. They still may do those things, but they'll just do it when they save money with their other, other careers. But when you get that large amount of money, I wish I knew the statistics about how many people blow all their money when they win those big mega lotteries and, and things like that. I bet you it's most of them. Yeah, yeah, I've seen like documentaries on it, some of those kinds of things. It's a tremendous number of them. But your your uh, inheritance example and some of those things are they're, they're great examples. You get this little windfall, and I say little, maybe it's ten grand, maybe it's a hundred grand. Who knows? What do you choose to do with it? And that will say a lot about the person's financial education, right? And it also, I bet you, I bet you, if you had a study, what the person chooses to do with it invest it or spend it, you would give you a very good snapshot of that person's financial life at that moment. Um, yeah, two, two things. We're, our first hire for this podcast will be a fact checker because sometimes we don't know what numbers we're spitting out. And what, luckily, we don't get any feedback that they're wrong, so they must be in the ballpark. So that, that's step one. Uh, step two, it's funny. So, so back to the phones. I mean, it's a trade-off when it comes to time. It's a trade-off when it comes to money. It makes things easier. And, I mean, you talk about perspective. We are part of the generation that actually grew up first 20-something years without phones attached to the wall. Like, all our phones were attached to the wall. I mean, yeah. I remember not being able to call my friend because my sister was on the phone, right? Or you're calling somebody in that annoying busy signal because there was yep. no call waiting. We've gone from that to cell phones today. So you talk, even though perspective, we know how it used to be. We don't want to go back to that either, do we? There, it's it's powerful, and and I'll use the word addicting because that's the only other word. If 
if we know what it was like and we we wish we could go back to some of those things but we still don't it's it's an addicting technology it is and i think you know i get a lot more done because of it but i also do a lot more things that probably are completely unnecessary i probably waste a ton of time too you know no and that's a great point you do your productivity's up I mean, I take what I do in addition to teaching now. My productivity's up. Got it. But I, I still don't know the best way. You just did it before we, we, we started recording while we were waiting for the guest. You checked your phone quick, and next thing you know, you had to take a phone call. Yeah, you next know? thing I know, I'm in, a, I'm, in a, I'm in a wormhole, right, of, of let me respond real quick, let me do this. And I'm not sure anything I did couldn't have waited in an hour, you know, but we don't, but I, we don't wait like that. And now – you know, I got this additional back and forth that I'm not sure is going to really end up producing anything uh, other than burning my bandwidth, you know what I mean, inside my head. So, yeah, it's 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 just amazing. I mean, even I, I try to talk to the students a lot about it because when they get a text, they feel like they have to respond. I'm like, yeah. you don't owe that person any time frame i mean i'm guessing a work day is a good time frame or if it's a friend 12 hours is a good time frame you know it shouldn't you know i try to get back to people in a day but it almost feels like i'd like to see if measure if you could measure brain waves or something if it causes a level of anxiety if you don't respond back so some some i, I guarantee it does uh, some someday it'd be great to have like a, an expert in this kind of field right and, and really kind of talk about what Besides are these us? things Besides, Besides us. us, right, right. <laughs> We're experts in everything. But, um, you know, they really could talk about uh, or, or, you know, read a book or, or watch some YouTube videos or something and get a, get a better idea of what this is doing to all of us and, you know, what it's doing. This kind of all started out with my opinions on what I'm seeing within the younger generations who who are so attached to these things that that you know I, I when I'm hiring new people right now I'm telling them hey I need you present and you can't be present with your phone and they're not they're not used to it and and you know that said they're also good with multitasking in some ways better than other gen you know again we come back to the trade-offs we got you know it's uh, there's some criticism to that generation and, and they're addicted addictions and, and not being present but they also have some extra skills that other generations i haven't noticed as much in so you know it's, it's kind of a back and forth and and it's interesting to see how how they operate are good points so i want to ask you another question in regards to this today i was somewhere at a service place getting getting some food okay and the person waiting on me had one earbud in his ear or not him or her, sorry, the employee in their ear had one earbud. Is that acceptable or not acceptable? I mean, I don't want to necessarily know your answer. Well, too, what would you think as a customer and what would you think as an employer? I, I think both the same. It's it's, it's unacceptable. Um, you know, as a customer, I, 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 I mean, if I have to interact with them, if, if they're doing something where I'm not interacting with them, then, then I, you know, as a customer, I don't care um as long as they get it right you know uh but if i'm interacting and i've i've seen it it's just it just it's a turn off for me you know uh yeah i'm old school so i'll take walks or go on bike rides and i'll stop and get a drink at the store i take even though i have just one earbud in opposite side of the road i take it out when i go to the 
the, the counter to talk to somebody. And I never, I, it drives me nuts when people are in line talking on their phone. Like it's, it's more like, I think that's the bad rep all this technology gets, right? Yeah, I, I, I it's part of it. Um, you know, as I, as an employer, just happened to me Friday night, Thursday night. I don't know. I have a new, new employee, great kid. He's a high school kid, great kid, smart, uh, engaged. Um, I really like him. But the one night he comes in, he's got the one earbud in. And I said to him, I go, uh, what, what's going on? I couldn't tell if maybe it was a hearing kind of, you know what I mean? And, and so I said, what's going on here? He goes, I'm just listening to some music really light. And I said, absolutely not. Got to come out. He goes, well, I can hear people. And he could. I, 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 I'm not disputing that. It's what it appears to the customer. And I, that's what I said to him. I go, look, I, I have no, no doubt that you can do your job with it. But. If you if you mess up, that's always going to be the excuse I ha anyone has is look you're not paying attention. The customer will think that, and it just doesn't look like you're engaged. And part of uh, doing anything is how you not anything but a lot of things is how you appear to the people you're doing it for. And that's why we dress a certain way. That's why we wear uniforms. That's that's a variety of things. So to me, it just sends a very poor message to the to the customer. Uh were they okay with that? I mean, they have to be, but I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he 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 definitely understood. He'd actually he'd actually talked to someone before who he'd asked about something. And he misunderstood the the comment to it, so it was very innocent. He, he he was he was like, "Oh, geez, I'm really sorry. I didn't realize I thought this," and that was the end of it. But um, he's not the first one I've, I've been in that kind of conversation with. It's much more common. I mean, I personally, I never, the thought of going into my place of work and putting in earbuds and listening to music while I'm engaging in other conversations with customers or coworkers to me, and maybe it's because I'm old, would is so far from okay. I, I couldn't imagine doing it. It'd be like me going in in just my underwear. I mean, it would be just like a complete, <laughs> a complete faux pas. No way would I do that. I do like, I'm older than you, so I think I'll use the earbuds, uh, an earpiece hearing aid from now on. I, I think I got that. Hey, so, all right, bottom lines, phones aren't going away. They're very useful. They can be very addicting. I mean, we could have said that in one second, but I think we had fun. Uh, <laughs> I, got a, I got a random thing now that we're talking about perspective. I cannot stand when I go out to eat, nice waiter, waitress, server, whoever comes, and they go to take my order and don't write anything down. Now, most of the time it's correct. But if I'm an owner, like, why is that allowable? Don't you feel like they're just setting themselves up for the slightest thing to be wrong for me to pounce on them? I've, I've felt the same way, and I'll give a different perspective on this in a minute. But as a as a as a guest in a in a restaurant, it makes me very nervous. I mean, not nervous where I'm like I can't relax, but I'm thinking, first of all, because I'm not capable of that. You know, you'll go someone will go around, there'll be eight people at the table, and you know, this will be extra cheese and this will be, you know, medium rare and and da 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 da. And I'm thinking, there's no way they can do it. And and certainly more times than not, they do. Um, I was lamenting the same problem years ago. Uh, I think I was just starting to date my wife and she was a server at the time and she could do that. And I was, I'd, and you, of course, you know, my wife, I'd, I was like, how, how can you, first of all, how can you remember it? 
And she said, it's easy. You get used, used to it. You just, it, you, it's like any, a lot of things. It gets easy. Okay. But I said, okay, if you mess up, you've just opened the door to the criticism, right? Which I think was your point. Like if you'd only written it down, I wouldn't be eating, you know, uh, uh, medium rare when I wanted medium, you know, or, or whatever. So it opens this door of criticism. She kind of gave me the, ah, don't worry, don't worry about it. You, you know, I, we, we, I rarely made a mistake, but I'm with you. I don't, I feel like you're setting yourself up not to get a, a tip potentially, or to get something wrong or close. I mean, I don't personally care that they do it. I just, it, it bothers because I just feel like it's setting them up for failure. Yeah, I think the, what you're saying is there's no upside to it, yes. only downside, right? Yes, 100%. You know, speaking of that, I had a friend that was a server once at a pretty well-to-do restaurant, and you, and his thing, he couldn't stand, he, he couldn't believe the amount of customers that get mad when they show the, oh, a 15% tips this, a 20% this, a 25 and it gives the amounts. Yeah, people used at the at the upscale restaurant he was at. People used to get offended by that that they did that for them. So what oh. he would do, he had a black sharpie. He'd cross it off. He goes, "My apologies for this. It's in the system. You know, you tip what you feel is necessary. I hope you enjoyed your experience." And he would usually get top of all that. So he oh. kind of used he used the reverse. Now, technically. Once or twice, he got burnt by it because you're not requesting anything. You're taking that store policy right out of it. But I thought that was a pretty good, uh, uh, like game theory type thing to do. Yeah, that is that is that that is interesting. It paid off like that. We were out to dinner Saturday night, and uh, the restaurant we ate at was a was a nice restaurant, and we were with a, with a uh, some friends of ours, another couple, and and um, it was one of those restaurants, and I'm seeing them pop up where they don't no tips at all. They, they provide, it was written in the menu, we provide, I, I forget the terminology, I want to say living wage, but I, I'm not sure that that was it. I, th I think that's probably wrong, but, um, and there was no place to tip on the receipt, you know, when it prints out. Not only did it say we, it said we actively discourage tipping because we pay our people, you know, whatever, any, anyway. So, you know, had we even desire to tip and my friends our friends actually paid for dinner so i, I got out scot free anyway but um Fingers. but uh had had we wanted to tip um or he wanted to tip there wasn't a place to even tip and i'm starting to see that now and again it's interesting last question for you ready yeah why why isn't it why isn't it acceptable to tip a stewardess on an airplane they're just an air waitress <laughs> that, yeah that, like they would that, get it. I think they would get offended if you handed them five dollars and said, "Hey, great job pushing that cart down the aisle." Yeah, yeah. I wonder what they would think, right? Because that's it's not. I've I've never seen it done. I mean, I'm sure it can be done on the you order a, a drink or something to eat. Right. And, you know, you can use your credit card, but I don't know. If we had a fact checker, I wonder if it's legal. Why wouldn't it be legal? I don't know. I mean, no uh, one does it. They're right. They're, Maybe maybe you can only tip so many miles above the Earth's surface, and then it's illegal. Imagine if we had a fact checker; we might just sit here in silence the whole time. We'd have nothing to say. Well, the the end of the episode would be twenty five minutes of corrections. Hey, uh, <laughs> thanks. This this will be a good one. I'll I'll funny title for it. We we just had some fun, and and moving forward, we have a couple things we're we're going to plan uh, to use this podcast as a tool to still bring about success stories. 
uh, bring about a little more dialogue with us too and still have our speakers and 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 add to the frequency of it. So this was a good start. So Matt, yeah. enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks. Yeah, you too. All right, bye.